City have taken the lead. A lovely free kick found the head of the Birmingham City captain. It's a dangerous ball, it's a looping header, and it's a goal against the run of play for Birmingham City. Abby Grant. It's a lovely finish into the top corner. Guided in by Lucy Whip. Just gently lofted out of the reach of the keeper. Might be another chance for another goal. Cracking save by Hampton. Welcome to the Brum is Blue podcast. It is episode 98. We'll start with introductions so you know who everyone is. Tonight I'm joined by Stacey and Kaz. Stacey, first of all, how have you been? I'm good, thank Craig. How are you? Yeah, I'm not too bad. What about you, Kaz? Yeah, not too bad, mate. Not too bad. We have finally a bit of action to talk about, a bit of football from the past weekend. It wasn't the best result. We lost 4-0 to Manchester City at St George's Park. We'll get on to why it was at St George's Park later in the show. But after a strong defensive performance for the opening 39 or 40 minutes or so, Man City finally got the breakthrough in the 40th minute through Sam Mewis. The World Cup winner was allowed to run unopposed from outside the area and get a clean header into the bottom corner. All that hard work from the opening stages wasted by a lapse in concentration. What did you make of this one, Stacey? It was obviously we did so well up until that point to keep Man City out and then you allow someone of her quality to get a free run into the box and a header and get the opening goal. As you said, I think it was just a lapse in concentration. Obviously, for the first 40 minutes, we were pretty much under the cosh and I thought we defended really well, to be fair. And uh, I was just getting excited thinking, oh, we might get into the break at nil-nil and that's, that, that would be fantastic. But the defending just wasn't acceptable in that point. But Sam Mewis is world-class, so at the same time, it was just one of them. Yeah, absolutely, as you say. It was, it was one of those and... We do seem to have a habit this season. It seems like conceding goals early on in the second half or late on in the first first half. It just seems like we're concentrating so much over the course of the match that occasionally, just before the crucial moments, we're, we're letting uh, laps in concentration cost us. And it did so again today. The second came just after half time. A corner from the near side was allowed to bounce in the box. It fell to Mewis once again, whose initial shot was saved by Hannah Hampton. Ellen White then had a rebound cleared off the line by a great interception by one of the Blues defenders. But then Mewis managed to get the goal again in the third attempt of asking. Another one against Stacey, it was one of those where we allowed the ball to bounce and after that it was a bit of a chaos and they took full advantage it to was, get the second goal. It was just a pure scrappy goal, wasn't it? Like it was one of them where I think I was like, get it out, get it out, clear your lines, clear your lines. And it was just... The ball just didn't want to fall right for us, I think, all game. We just did not have the look of the bounce or anything like that. So, But again, yeah, it was just a very, very scruffy goal. Yeah, absolutely. And once they get two goals, it's a, it's, it's a greater um, effort that we need to put in to try and get back in the game. It was already under the cosh from the, from the minute go, really. And the Manchester side weren't done there as they secured a third just a minute later after that second goal. Mewis switched the play from the right-hand side to the left-hand side with Lauren Hemp who beats Harriet Scott in the right-back position and gets a cross-slash-shot that outfoxes Hannah in goal and finds the back of the net. The surprise factor of the of, of the fact that she went for it and maybe in conjunction with the sun in her eyes made it look a bit worse, I thought, for Hannah in this one. I thought she should have probably done better otherwise. But sometimes makes me wonder why the keepers don't wear uh, hats anymore, caps, when it's really sunny and it's, it's straight in your eyes like that. And obviously... 
they went in the back of the net and it was again another goal where it might have been avoided but it was what did you make of it obviously Lauren Hemp's really really has a lot of class Stacey but obviously this is another one where maybe we should have done better as you say I think I do think the Sun played played a part in it but Hannah again I feel Hannah should have probably done better on that on another day probably nine times out of ten she'd been she would have been saving that as I say I just doesn't I don't think it was our day Everything that seemed could have gone against us seemed to go against us. Yeah, absolutely. And Caroline Weir made it another one, got the fourth goal in the, about the 66 minutes. She slipped in with Ellen White passing her in to get the final touch to tap it home. And it completed off a pretty professional performance from the title contenders. What are your overall thoughts, Stacey? Obviously, it was a game where we didn't really expect anything going into it, but obviously, from the great start that we did have, it seems a bit disappointing how many goals they eventually got. But that shows, I guess, the class that they have uh, and the quality difference between the two sides. After the game, I just I sat and I like had a think, and I was like, we were outclassed today. And then I looked back and I looked at this year in the league, Man City have put seven past Villa, seven past Brighton. Four past West Ham, three past United, and they beat Arsenal 2-1. So when you take into account the run that they're on, in hindsight, we actually did really well, in my opinion. The first 40 minutes, I thought we played brilliantly defensively. We had probably four individual mistakes that have cost us the goals. Otherwise, I thought we looked pretty sound. Obviously, we spent... 20-minute spell where they scored four goals. So for 70 minutes of the game, we've defended well. So I'm, I'm trying to not think of the 4-0 scoreline. I'm trying to look at the positives from the game from yesterday. So disappointed because everyone will see that scoreline and go, ah, oh, they got battered. But I'm proud of the effort the girls put in and the, defensive, the defensive side of the, ga- the game was, apart from them four mistakes it would it was a great display of football so yeah proud of the girls yeah absolutely and it was a game where as you said we 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 put a great defensive display in once again Sarah Mayling was played in the center center of the midfield and uh Emily Murphy was the one who led led the line this week um up front it seems like it was it was trying to change the tactics to try and counteract the Man City side but Emily didn't really have that much to go off as, as the lead striker. Obviously, it was a game where she was well marshaled by the defensive performances of Steph Horton and uh, Alex Greenwood, obviously, two England internationals. It, it's, it was always going to be tough for someone like Emily Murphy to make the difference of this game, um, Stacey. She obviously had one chance where she beat a few defenders to get through, but it's, her, her chances were really limited given the quality and experience of that Man City side. Oh, well, yeah. Like, Emily's 17, I think... The idea behind it was she's quite quick. She's got pace. She's coming up against two world-class defenders. And maybe against other teams, she might have more of an impact. As you said, when you're under the cosh, as much as we was against them, your forwards are always going to be, they didn't do anything. And it's like, well, it's because they were in their half the majority of the time trying to help out with defending. So... I'd I'd like to see Emily in that position again, maybe against a team that, no disrespect to them, aren't as resolute as Man City are. Yeah, absolutely. And 
I think Claudia Walker won again, obviously a key player for us, but in this game, they were putting two players on her every time she got the ball. So she really didn't have any chance to hold the ball up where she might usually do so. And yeah, if, if we can't get her in the game and obviously that, gives us uh, less chance for the players to get back up, up the field to give us chance to actually create attacks. As uh, Chris Frev, the friend of the show, put on uh, his comments, he agrees with a lot of the positives from the game, but the downside is we only had one shot on goal. I can't really remember the one shot on goal, which sh probably shows how little we had chance to actually have an attacking threat in this game. But that was going to be expected given the, the team we were playing, Stacey, wasn't it? And we obviously well, yeah, just didn't I have a chance to get up. We had one shot on goal, but I think, again, I said earlier about how many goals they've scored against people. As we said, they're a world-class... They are. They're probably, at the moment, the best team in Europe. I'll pull it out there. At this precise moment in time, I don't think they win the Champions League, putting that out there, but they are probably one of the best teams in Europe at the moment. So even getting one shot on target, like at least we got up their end of the pitch for a, a bit. It shows that we got the pressure off us at the back at one point or other. So I'm not too concerned about how many shots we had on target. I'm, I was never expecting a win. I was most I was hoping for was a nil-nil draw. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think I think that's probably what we, we expected. We wanted hopefully a draw. If on on our good day, we could have could could have got that, but it wasn't likely we're going to get a win in this match. And uh, Kaz, obviously you've been working, so you haven't been had the chance to see this game. But obviously, it, Man City. Back in November, we looked like they were down and out. They were completely out of the title race. They had no chance of ever getting in the top three, given their early start. But now to come up and only be about two or three points behind Chelsea, you must be impressed with how well they've turned it around. Oh, God, yeah. Um, I think when Gareth got the job, I think everybody was like, well, are they going to be the same team? Obviously, they've got a few injuries as well. Everybody thought it was going to be United that were going to be the title-challenging team. But they seem to have slipped off at the minute. I think um, the game between Chelsea and City, I think that one's going to decide the league. Um, hopefully the right colour of blue can win it. And yeah, it's going to be a going to be a title, yeah. title race, perhaps more so than we thought back in early, earlier, the back end of last year at least. And another and... thing, Stacey saying that Alex Greenwood is a world-class player. Love, you need your eyes testing. If anybody I think, I think, thinks Alex Greenwood is a world-class defender, I think they need to go and get their eyes tested. She's passed it. She's think, not. I, she's an okay player. I think she's shown what she can do since she's gone to centre-back, which people, obviously, when she went to that position, they didn't think she would be able to hack it. But obviously, alongside Steph, she's actually done decently. They've obviously got Abby Dalcamper. She probably didn't play against us because she'd been playing in the She Believes Cup recently. So she obviously slid slid in, and we didn't give her that much to do. So maybe 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 you say she might deceivingly look better than she is, but I think she, to fair in credit to her, she's done all right this season, and I think she's done well for Man City. Talking about the the, the fact that we were playing at St George's Park, then it's obviously been a season to forget for Blues fans, at least off the field, when, with with the club making several headlines for all the wrong reasons, match postponements, injury issues, and the recent party that saw two players break lockdown rules. But the latest story to hit the newsstands arrived this week was with the news that our home ground, Damson Park, was not suitable for women's Super League fixtures going forward, even if the weather was nice and sunny this weekend compared to recent months in the UK. The decision was made by the FA, which meant our game against Man City was played at St George's Park, England's training facility located 34 miles away from where I usually play our matches. The new temporary home in Burton-upon-Trent 
is somewhere the majority of the squad doesn't play on a regular basis. In fact, Man City, given that most of their team is from the England squad, get to play there on a regular basis. So it seems more like an away game than a home game. Home teams already lose their home advantage at the moment with the fact that fans aren't in the stadiums. And the fact that the Blues fans are forced to watch as our team loses all their advantages as well, such as the comfort of arriving at your ground at a certain time every week when you have home matches, the fact that they have the usual dressing room, usual surroundings, the same pitch dimensions. All of these tiny advantages matter when you're playing a team of the quality of a Man City. Kaz, while we're waiting for Stacey to get a sound back, what 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 are your thoughts, obviously, with the fact that we lose our home advantage playing at uh, St George's Park? Do you know what? I'd like to know why all of a sudden this ground is deemed unplayable for the WSL. We've played there seven years that I know of. Might be less than that. If you look at last season, Liverpool's ground um, at Tranmere, that was in a hell of a lot worse state than our ground. And they still they still play there. So I think the FA need to come out and say basically why it's deemed all of a sudden that it's not good enough for this league. I think if that's the case, then I think they need to find somewhere closer at home for us to play. Because like you said, it's taken away the whole home advantage for us. We may as well go and play at Villa Park every week if that's the case. If that's what the FA want, then I think that's what the FA are going to get, aren't they? So it's just a load of bleep, in my opinion. We'll come on to the options of possible um, alternatives going forward. But obviously, Simon has a question here on the chat. He asks, will the next home game be at St. George's Park? As far as I know, we don't know that for sure. Presumably, that is where they would want them to play the FA at least, because that's the ground that they've approved for us to play at the moment. But looking forward then, if Damson Park is no good anymore, we need a short-term and long-term solution. If we don't find a suitable home from next season, the <laughs> FA won't hesitate in demoting us to the Women's Championship or worse. There's clearly no love lost between the two parties right now. And once again, the players, the women's team staff and the fans will pay the ultimate price when it goes all wrong. When it all goes wrong. Any move we make will involve some investment of some kind from the club. The better the facilities are, you higher, the cost will go up. Plenty of top uh, quality options around, though. You've got the Hawthorns, where West Brom and Jalbion play. You've also got Molyneux, where Wolves play. Uh, another alternative option uh, that we've had over the course of the years was obviously Stratford Town, where the women's team used to play. So just looking at the options that we have around us, um, obviously, some some like the idea of going back to Stratford, a stadium which Blues played in the past, of course, before they went to Damson Park. But Stacey, hopefully we've got the sound back from you now. Um, what, what, what are your thoughts? Obviously, there's options there's options out there, but they're all going to involve financial costs to the club, which is something they don't really have right now, or the options they can anyway. See, for me personally, can you hear me? Am I back? We can hear you, yep. yep. Yeah. Uh, for me personally, I don't want to move. I like Damson Park. We've made Damson Park at home. As I was, I was trying to say before, I'd like some clarification as to what the difference between a WSL game is and a National League game is. Because when I did a bit of digging and looked for the pitch requirements of the FA's PDFs, the Moors actually have a higher criteria than the Women's Super League. The Moors played at home in the week before prior to our game on Sunday. So I'm really baffled as to what's going on in the first place. Secondly, Stratford for me is not Birmingham. You need a 
place for me in Birmingham. I'd rather play at Westfields. Westfields kind of can accommodate it. There's talks of Coventry going back to the Rico next season. If that's the case, then obviously I'm assuming, well, I'm not, I'll say I'm assuming because it's never going to happen, but that would be what I would be pushing for. If Coventry going back to the Rico, then the women should be going to St Andrews if Damson Park is deemed not acceptable for whatever reason. I can't think of a reason. Yes, we've had a few problems recently, but so has a lot of the country. And it just so happens that when our home games have fouled, has been when the whole country has had bad weather. I feel like the goals are being punished for one. We all knew sun- Sunday, like the weather's been great. The predicted weather was great. We all knew the pitch would be perfectly fine. It wasn't played on from Tuesday onwards. So I'm um, I'm a bit baffled and I'm irate and it feels like the FA hate Birmingham City and are basically just trying to get us to be relegated because they can and then maybe they'll be able to promote Liverpool along with someone else because let's be fair Liverpool can't win it on their own so yeah I think the only thing I can think of is why they've took the decision now to do it is I think it might be after so many cancellations and then obviously that Tottenham one which went to the the hearing which we still haven't known the answer to if we're going to get to play that Tottenham game again or not but I think maybe that um, forced the FA to then do a like maybe that to do more um, research into the issues with the pitch because of that for that hearing just to prove their points and maybe why they're trying to get us to do get uh, docked points for that game so maybe in that sort of um, research they found out the drainage problems are worse than they possibly are but as you say if Solihull Moors can pass it at a higher standard for the National League then why can't we play there for the WSL so um, it's even better, like capacity and stuff. The capacity is greater for the national league, and it's like it's on Google. People, you can literally look at the PDFs and have a look for yourself. It's if I find it in two minutes, anyone can find it. And literally reading between the two and comparing the two side by side, it makes no sense for me. So I, I would personally want the FA to come out and clarify. Most we know is what we've seen on Twitter or what said, was said on the FA player. Other than that, we're basically in the dark again. So I just want clarification, really. Yeah, I think it's the case that the FA, it, they never make it clear. And it, again, it's in a situation where we still don't know fully why the decision made, was made. It's obviously, they've made the decision, but they haven't bothered to tell us why in crystal clear um, terms, why it's happened. And you're going to have speculation and then people are going to get angry about it over the course of that. And uh chris frev friend of the show obviously put two games were called off at the bescott stadium the, if, if if anyone saw the bescott stadium at the weekend when they played arsenal the, the aston villa pitch is half half dirt half grass at the moment it's it looks worse than the solihull moors pitch is given that they're playing at a higher level at the moment it's obviously that that's the similar area it's in the midlands so it's obviously a, an issue where the weather's caught out a lot of teams i saw Chelsea in the Premier League yesterday, I think it was. Their pitch wasn't that great, and they're in the Premier League. So it's there's a lot of pitches out there that are in bad condition at the moment, for perhaps earlier in the season than they would expected. Kaz, before we move on, is there any, any final thoughts you have on, the obviously, the, the, the stadium issue at the moment and anything you think we need to do going forward? I just think it's baffling, isn't it? Like, like Stacey said, why isn't it good enough? Like, especially with all the money the Moors have put into that ground, over the last two seasons. If you don't know, and I don't know, and 
Birmingham City women don't know, how the hell is anybody supposed to know what's going on? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's just the FA fear, isn't it? Another thing, look, as you said, um, the amount of money the Moors have put in, if Moors are looking to get into League Two, they've got to put under soil heating in as well. So I don't know whether that's a factor or anything, but like, if literally it's going to be such, yeah, like, the balls are there to be putting the investment in. So I feel like if we wanted to keep it, the Blues could make some sort of agreement with Moors where they maybe share the cost. But then at the same time, St Andrews is crumbling. So let's be fair, stadiums for Birmingham City fans at the moment isn't the best topic of conversation. Yeah, I think I think it came out in the news today or yesterday they have to pay about a million pounds to redo two of the stadiums, their stands no, to no, make no. them safe. It's a million pounds to investigate how corroded the corrosion is so it could it's going to cost at least a million pounds and could keep going up and up and up so yeah it's i'm not a fan of stadiums at the moment no it's a, it's it's an, it's an issue that's going to be go, it's certainly it going to be ongoing and uh we got another one of friend of the show um rodney from the um wsl takeout show he's in the chat thank you for joining us tonight rodney you can, you can find him on youtube um obviously it's it's an issue which is going to be ongoing. It's it, it's a bit like the Tottenham thing. It just seems to be going on and on, and we won't really get the answer we need until probably the summer. And by that point, it's probably too late, and it's going to be a situation where I think all, all all the things could fall like a house of cards. And it's it's not a good place to be, obviously. But we're used to being disappointed by things going on in recent years. So what's one more summer of that? Um, so next weekend, then in a more positive news, we're back to hopefully see more football if the weather doesn't get in the way. We're playing Arsenal on Sunday, a team that can't slip up again if they hope to make the top three in the Champions League next season. I expect another tough game at the weekend. Plenty of quality in that side with with Vivian Miedemar, Kim Little amongst them. Miedemar is an interesting one, usually so deadly in this league, but she's failed to score against Blues in the last four matches. The Gunners beat our local rivals Aston Villa four goals to nil at the weekend and will be expecting a similar performance this Sunday. Do you expect a similar tactic from the Blues, uh, Kaz, as we saw Sunday with maybe Sarah Mailing in midfield, or do you think it's going to be back to more of a traditional uh, position where maybe she's more on the wing and we bring in someone else, maybe Christy Murray's fit for this game? What do you think is going to happen on the weekend, Kaz? Well, I'm assuming they're not going to let Ruby play, obviously, with her being an Arsenal player. I, I, would, have, I would have thought so, more, more, more the uh, Everton approach. Whereas compared to where Chelsea went, I think they allowed Jamie Lee Napier play other time. But I think it depends on the team. If if Arsenal think yeah. they're, they're confident to beat them, they probably won't let her play, I wouldn't have thought. But. So I think if Ruby's not allowed to play, I think Sarah will probably go back in defence. Then, like you said, hopefully, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping Christie's fit anyway. I think I think Christie gives you a bit more experience in the midfield. But yeah, it's going to be another tough one, ain't it? Like you said, the, the put four past Aston Villa. I've got to say, I think we're a hell of a lot better team than Aston Villa, so maybe just a couple of goals, or maybe hopefully none. Yeah, I think, I think so, it was against Chelsea. We only conceded one, I think, wasn't it? I think back earlier yeah, in the season. Kirby. So yeah. yeah, so it's one of those. If we can put that sort of performance in again, we might be able to get something, or at least minimise it to, as you say, one or two goals. And Rodney, friend in the chat, he says, "I see a Birmingham win." I would, I'm, I like your confidence well, going into this one because we, I don't have that much confidence, but, but it's always can you nice give us to a see lottery numbers as well. Yeah, we will have the lottery numbers as well, Rodney, if you, if you, if you don't mind. Um, obviously, Arsenal, they, 
Stacey, they haven't been the best they've been this season. Obviously, it looks like injuries again have affected them and they've obviously chose to have a small squad compared to like Chelsea who have a massive squad. But is Arsenal just underperforming or do you think there's something else wrong there? Because there seems to be a, a minority of fans who want the manager out. But given that they've he picked up their first title win since like 2012, it, it's hard to see them getting rid of him so soon. Yeah, it's, um, it's, it is a difficult one. Obviously, Joe... He was loved as the last owner by a majority of people. Like he's a lovely bloke, but like, as you said, it was it was his decision to have a smaller squad, and they've been hit by injuries yet again. Um, and it seems it feels like they're not individually they're not performing well, which then as a team means they're not performing well. And it's difficult. I, I do think if they don't finish at least second and get Champions League this season, then I do think Joe's job will come under the spotlight because you can't go from winning a title to not even qualifying for Europe. So it's it's a difficult one. I know why Arsenal fans are frustrated. They have flashes, I think, of what I've seen of them this season, of where it's Arsenal of old, and then it's very disjointed football that they're playing at the moment. But saying that, they seem to be getting on a run of form, coming, just as we're about to play them. So I think that's 4-0 against Villa. But I do, I think, Sam Kaz, I don't think we'll get battered by them. I think, we'll, I think we're a better team than Villa, so I think we'll, uh, we won't do too bad against them. Yeah, I, I, I think it's, it's not, the record's not too bad. Obviously... You mentioned Arsenal picking up that big win. It was their first win in four matches going into that one, which was a bit surprising, obviously. But the fact that they're 10 points behind Man City, given that Man City were so far off the pace back in November, it's it's, it's quite remarkable. And uh, Rodney in the chat has put, if Joe goes, so does Vivian Miedemar. Do you, do you agree with that, Kaz? Yeah, definitely. I think Viv's off anyway in the summer. You can't turn down the likes of Leon. Like, I'm surprised Viv's still here, to be fair. Yeah, already. Like I thought she was gone at Christmas. I I can't see Arsenal wanting to get rid of her. That like in that window, I don't think they would be willing to go unless a massive offer came in. I don't think they'd let her go mid-season. Yeah. But carry on, Cass. Like like for me, like I never judge Lucy Bronze for going to Lyon because I'm not being funny. If you want to win titles, you've got to go to the best team that's out there. And for me, it's at this precise moment in time, it's Lyon. So if they're going to offer you, offer you stupid amounts of money to win a Champions League or to win the league, you're going to take it, whether you like playing at Arsenal. But then again, it all depends where Lisa ends up going as well, because obviously they come as a package. It, I think it all depends on if Lisa gets offered a new contract and if Joe's still there and who's going to be in the team, because I think there's a few players again out of contract with Arsenal. So I think for me, people don't want to go and play for Arsenal no more. People want to go and join the likes of City, Chelsea, and at this precise moment in time, United. So I don't know where Arsenal are going to get these world-class players from if they want to win anything. But for me, yeah, if Joe goes, I think a lot of the players will leave. And that's a shame because... They've got some quality players in that team, but they're just not performing, unfortunately. Yeah, I mean, it's only been a couple of years since they won the title, and it's it's surprising that it's gone down so quickly. But obviously, 
the quality of other teams like Manchester United and Man City and Chelsea have just got that much better in that time. And even even Everton uh, are pull up, mm-hmm. pulling up a bit bit more of a fight than Arsenal at the minute. And for me, that's that's quite kind of sad for the women. It's good for the women's game, but for an Arsenal fan, that's quite depressing because you're going further and going to end up further and further and further down the table. What is it? There's only Birmingham and Arsenal in the out the proper start of the WSL, was it? And Everton, like uh, the old like Premier League, but the old Premier League, I think it was oh, Arsenal and. And Birmingham. So you look at the two original teams and they're getting like it sounds stupid and I'm probably going to get a lot of hate from Arsenal fans for this, but they're getting left behind. It's it's interesting with Arsenal obviously because they've got so much history in this game. They've won everything for so many years and obviously yeah. so did Doncaster Rovers and look what happened to them now. They're now in the fourth tier. That We don't suggest that's going to happen to Arsenal. I don't think that's ever going to happen no. to Arsenal. No, but, no, but, no. But, but it, but it, in terms of the different, the, the 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 fact that the level is going to eventually drop and then they're not going to win anything for another decade or something, that would be a massive blow to Arsenal fans who are used to winning. And uh, going back to the question I was going to ask before, Kaz had that. Um, Sorry, went on. Oh, that's fine. I, I I enjoyed it. I I learned some stuff. Um, States obviously, if if Joe does go, who would you think Arsenal fans would want? Obviously, I think Sophie Lawson, friend of the show, put out today who I'm asking the same question, but. Do you think someone like Jane Ludlow would be the person you'd bring in at Arsenal to bring back that Arsenal legacy, that the fact that she was part of the, the team that won for so many years herself? Yeah, yeah. Jane Jane knows what Arsenal is about. And as I think as a football fan, you always want someone in charge of your club that knows the essence of your club. And obviously, we all know Jane's a fantastic manager. It's I think that with the... With, her having the connection to Arsenal that she's got, yeah, I think she'd be top of majority of Arsenal fans' lists, to be fair, because who else really is out there that is better than Joe, who is available? Because those that are perhaps better than Joe, maybe, like obviously it's all opinions and whatnot, are already at clubs. So if Arsenal then want one of them, they're going to be like having to put their hands in the pocket and is the reason they're in the position they're in because they're not putting their hands in the pocket. Is it really Joe's choice to have such a small squad or is it Joe wants a smaller squad with better quality than a larger squad with less quality because he's only got the budget to do one or the other? I I don't know. I don't know the ins and outs of what Arsenal are doing. But yeah, obviously, I think if Joe does go, Jane will probably be the top of most people's list including Arsenal's, I think, to be fair. So, yeah. Yeah, the fact that she's uh, unattached now, obviously, after leaving the Welsh team, is obviously going to be a big plus. They won't have to pay any yeah. compensation if they want to bring her in. So it could be the time in the summer to do it if Joe decides to step down or they think he's not up to the job anymore. But uh, before we go, we will look uh, answer a few questions. So anyone in the chat has a question, just drop me a comment and I will read it out. We've got the first one from Chris Frev here. He asks, do we think... Um, they'll announce any contract extensions before we know the fate of Birmingham City men's team. No. If, I, I think it, I think it's going to be the same no. as last summer, really, isn't it? Where, where we're, yeah. we're we're completely reliant on the fact that if they don't do very well and they go down, then we're screwed. And it it seems like we have to wait every single year for them to do all right before they'll even bother asking, "Do you want a contract?" And then by that point, a lot of players have made their mind up and they head up for other clubs. And obviously, last summer. 
Carla pointed out herself, obviously there was players who would have stayed if they'd known Carla was going to come in as manager. So it's obviously a situation where we're just in limbo until we know any more. Isn't that right, Stacey? Yeah, there's no way in hell that we're going to have any contract extensions, any chance of even talking to potential people coming in until we know what is going on with the men's team. Because as we touched on earlier, they've got a a very big, big bill coming soon if they want to get the stadium fixed. It's come out, I think it's a third of the capacity that they would have to cut. So they're going to be losing out on revenue straight away when people first, when well, when we're allowed back in stadiums, they're going to be losing a third of their revenue that they've lost. So they're not making up their full amount. And then if they get relegated as well, I'm sorry, yeah, the women, I think the women might actually kiss the team goodbye a little bit. So they're, they're not going to invest in the women's team when the main profitability becomes from the men's side of the game and if that's in disarray they're not going to care about the women's so yeah, in answer to Chris's question no you will not hear <laughs> no no no, no, no. you won't no <laughs> no I, th- I think it's it, it's a situation where I've talked about it enough uh, over the years that obviously there's one one of the Birmingham City teams that's doing well and they overachieve and the one team doesn't and underachieves often and Obviously, it's the underachieving team that get the money pumped into them because they're obviously the bigger name and the one that more fans support. But it does seem like even if we overachieve, we don't get any reward for that. We obviously get punished even more by the fact that the other team's doing worse and worse. But I don't know. I don't know if you agree with that, Stacey, obviously, because you're obviously yeah. a fan of the both both teams. It, it does feel like that, to be fair. Look, as you said, look, we, we did well under David Marcus. The men were horrendous. Then it felt as though then we became one club and you had Mark in charge. And again, we got to a final at Wembley and again... Got to the the, Cup final. Yeah, but again, last day of the season, I was at St Andrews in a bar watching to make sure that we could stay up. Um, so again, women, I'm at Wembley, <laughs> the men, it's, will we get relegated last day of the season? And I feel like every year the women did well and they're like, well, you don't need any more money because you, you, this is what you did with this money. So you don't need any more. You're fine now. But that hasn't worked because, yes, where the league was four or five years ago, with the money that we are given now, we'd be contending, we'd be up there. But the league's moved on. Other teams have invested and we haven't. So we've literally stayed stagnant. So again, this season, I think we are potentially overachieving. Like we all thought that we'd be in a dog dog fight at this point in time. Like I think as fans, the majority of us are happy with the way the team has performed and what Carla's done since she's come in. So I do feel that on one hand, it's great that we're doing well. On the other hand, it's like, I feel that the board look at it and go, well, you did overtire then. So we're not going to give you any more because you can do it on the shoestring budget. So it's it's a catch twenty two. It's it's um it's very annoying being a fan of both the men and the women's team. Put it that way. Yeah, it's a, it's certainly not the the ideal situation. And um, Cass, before we go, is there anything you'd like to 
pose any questions you want to ask anything you want us to talk about before we head off so you were on about obviously players contracts um and you're on about or will the board hand them out um i think there's a little rumor going around that liverpool want carl award so uh, i think for me it all depends on them if the man what manager is going to be at the club because obviously if it was me and yeah liverpool are in the championship but if they've got the money to support you one she's going to take the job and who's to say the players that are out of contract won't want to follow her do you know what i mean so yeah it's 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 a bit of a tough one isn't it really when you think that we could lose potentially another squad come may because what is it six seven players out of contract there's a there's a number of them. I don't I don't know the number off yeah. the top of my head, but yeah, it's 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 another situation where we were in when Mark left. Obviously, it's people come to a team because they believe in the manager, they believe in what they're trying to do, even though they might not be paid as well as maybe some of the players do, maybe at Liverpool themselves in the Championship, but they're willing to put that aside because they know they can play in the top level and willing to show to prove their ability, to prove they can do at this level. And obviously, if that manager leaves, then they go back to square one really and we're in position where you need a new manager we the players don't know if they're going to get paid they go they waiting on the contracts the longer they, they dwell on that the more likely they're going to leave to go somewhere else and we don't want to be in a situation where we were where we were when mark left and obviously they brought in someone who perhaps didn't have that experience at that level or in england and in, in particularly in Marta did and it didn't and it backfired and we went even worse the year after and we lost even more players because they were so downcast by the fact that they weren't happy with the way the teams were performing and the way that things were going and we we want we we hopefully be in a more positive position but it it does seem a bit bleak as we head towards the summer so what what do you what do you think Stacey? Oh, I'm just I'm wait I'm expecting a long old summer again <laughs> to be quite honest with you I don't expect anything different uh, I have no clue if the men are going to stay up or not I think we might actually get relegated uh, which is then like as I said has got a knock on effect to the women so I'm sort of like doing the typical brummy thing and like preparing myself for the worst already so I put up the other day that like I'm slowly starting to fall out of love with football and that's I've done everything mainly because of the financial situation at Birmingham and the fact that I feel like football has become so political recently. It's not just in the WSR, I feel like it's overall football pyramid and I think COVID's just not helped at all. With football in general, I mean, a lot of footballers are lucky enough that football is allowed to go ahead, but while football's still going ahead, the club is still hemorrhaging money, every single club is, so apart from your Premier Leagues and your teams that are getting deals from TV. So, yeah, it's it's just it's a difficult one at the moment, I think. I think it'd be interesting when, I think it's in sort of March, end of this month sort of time, when the accounts come out for the 19-20 season. Obviously, it will show how much in a drop in wages and such that we gave the club compared to what the, the likes of Ellen White and such. We were there the season before that. And the, 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 the drop-off last season compared to the squad, and you'll see just how well we did to achieve what we did last year and yeah going into going to this season next year next year's accounts obviously it will show even more how probably little we're on again this year and how well we've competed it, it just doesn't seem fair what we having to put up with but it's obviously what the football is and it's a it's a financial world now and if you haven't got a backer with the millions of pounds you can't compete at this level and it's going to be it's only going to get worse isn't it Kaz? 
Yeah, definitely. Like, being a Middlesbrough men's fan, and I would love Steve Gibson to put money into the women's team for all the North East teams, Newcastle, Sunderland, to get the back and that the Midlands clubs do get and a lot of other teams do get. Um, so I just think the women's game is getting left behind by a lot of people, by the men's owners, by the FA. Personally, for me, I wish we'd stayed as Birmingham City ladies and Tim was still in charge because what Tim had achieved in his while he was there was was phenomenal. So if I could have if I could cast a spell and Tim being back putting helping the club out, I would. But unfortunately, I haven't got that power. So, but yeah, I think for me, I think Dong has to go, whether it's right or not. And am I am I just being selfish from the women's perspective, probably because it's a team I've fallen in love with. And I don't know what I'd do if it wasn't around. I think I think we need to end on some sort of a high note. So I'm going to say I think um, we can all agree the fact that the team, the manager and the, 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 the staff at the club have done as well as they can do in the situation they are in. They're giving everything 100% every week. And we can't, we can't ask for more than that. And, and we, we are proud of what you're achieving as, as our club, even if maybe they're not supporting you as well as we think you should be. So... Keep up yeah, what you're definitely. doing. Keep right on. And remember, give everything against Arsenal. Win or lose, we'll still back you no matter what until yeah. the end of the season. So keep going. And uh, thanks to Stacey and Kaz for joining me once again tonight. You can follow the show at Brum is Blue on Twitter and Facebook. Uh, and as always, remember to keep right on. <laughs>